Hey, y'all, it's Patrick Weaver, your host of Capital Conversations, where I encourage you to capitalize on those really awkward and sometimes very divisive political conversations we all have with our families, friends, or even strangers we meet on the street. Hey guys, it's Patrick Weaver back again for episode two of Capital Conversations. Um, Decided that episode two was going to be a little bit different from what I had originally anticipated that um, we would be talking about on this particular episode. Um, I didn't really anticipate having to record and or talk about this, uh, but it's a very pertinent issue. Um, This is kind of a bonus episode, um, but it's something that's very... I feel important to address right now that's going on within our country. Um, It's going to be a very complex issue that we're going to talk about and something that I feel a lot of my listeners, you know, may or may not agree on. Um, But one thing that I think we all can agree on is that we're all created equal and we are all Americans and there is absolutely no room for any type of hatred and or bigotry in this country of any kind at all. It's just, it, there's, there's no place for it here. So, um, in a little turn of events, I actually am shaking things up too with who is going to be my second guest host. I actually have here, um, my best friend in the entire universe, my partner in crime. What's up guys? Um, (laughs) I have Justin Kilgore here. Um, we've been friends, I guess, for like two years now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. Been a, been a while. Yeah, um, been a hot minute. <laughs> so Justin and I, I don't think we go like an hour a day without at least speaking to each other. Oh, some on the phone all the time, every day, all day. You called me five about times yesterday. I know, way too many <laughs> Five times, so. Um, so, I mean, we're going to be talking about Charlottesville, which you know, um, this is a very important issue and one that... Um, it's, it's worth mentioning, uh, and, and it's worth recording on. Um, you and I were both raised in conservative families. Oh, yes. Very conservative. Very conservative. Um, God love Lisa. Lisa <laughs> and Brad Rock. Lisa and Brad um, are the best. They're the best. Just like Danny. Shout Kennedy. out, Mom and Dad. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, while we were raised in conservative families, you and I both um, typically lean more left on social issues. However, you're very more right-wing when it comes yeah. to fiscal and economic issues. Which I am is something... very fiscally conservative when it comes to that, but socially, I am very liberal. So I guess I kind of fall in the middle. I'm, you're, yeah. I'm independent. I'm situational, I think, is my biggest thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, a lot of my friends are very, they, they claim, you know, it, it depends on the situation. It depends on how I'm feeling, you know, that sort of thing. So... This is going to be an issue that is going to be sort of difficult for us to talk about, but... Um, we can do it. <laughs> I mean, we let's just dive right in. So, um, when talking about Charlottesville, it's important to kind of understand what happened. So, you have the city of Charlottesville, and they wanted to take down, basically, a monument that was erected in honor of, you know, the Confederacy, and you have some people in our country who disagree with this. This is kind of something, too, though, I mean... Removing Confederate monuments kind of goes back. This isn't the first time that this has come up in our nation's oh, history. I mean, not. there's been several times where this has been something that's come about, especially something that's been covered by the media and something that people decide to protest. Um, so it obviously kind of escalated to something that I believe was not really necessary um, on either side. And I think that's, I mean, we're going to talk about President Trump's remarks in a minute, but I personally just don't agree with the the escalation that happened. It was a situation that I think could have been resolved with good communication skills and, and something that could have been resolved 
uh, non-violently. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I do. Well, and also, I mean, when you think about it, I go to Ole Miss, and they took down the state flag from the flagpole at, on campus, at least. because like the it Mississippi had, state flag? Yes. Okay. And because it had um, a Confederate, I guess what would be like a Confederate, whatever the Confederate yeah. flag I don't know was, what the Mississippi flag symbol, looks like. But. Yeah. And they took it down from the campus because it was so... Um, just controversial and yeah. people didn't like it and the campus has I feel like I so... remember reading something about that actually I mean yeah. I don't know oh, it a made lot national about news it. Yeah. it was a, it was yeah. a huge thing and I I remember being at work and just like looking outside of the window and just seeing like protesters in the circle oh, I'm sure just... it was everywhere oh everywhere and CNN was there I mean everybody was there and they were just they, they were just I mean it was in Senate talking about it and everything and so yeah it was crazy and I just think that's kind of a big, bold statement for... Especially in Mississippi. In Mississippi, yeah, exactly. And uh, of all places... I mean, I'm from Alabama, so I totally get it. I mean, they're two of the, like, least progressive states in America, if not the two least progressive states. Definitely. And, like, we have a... In the circle, we have just, like, a Confederate soldier or colonel or somebody, I guess... In the military, whatever, in the in the Civil War. And, he, I mean, it's a statue. And it's just... I mean, it's, it's erected in honor, though, in the Confederacy. So... Yeah. Which, that's interesting. I didn't even... I didn't even think about that, especially since, I mean, I obviously know you could all miss, but... Um, I mean, even in Alabama, there are monuments. Not necessarily monuments, but buildings are named after Confederate, you know, soldiers or people that, you know, during the Civil Rights Movement and stuff like Morgan Auditorium mm-hmm. and... Um, Foster Auditorium, which was, you know, a place where the first two black students registered for their classes at the University of Alabama. And our governor of Alabama at the time stood in the, basically like the, you know, the, the, he stood in the front door basically to prevent any black students from registering in a state college in Alabama, which is just absurd. But even at Alabama's campus, there's a lot of things that don't necessarily, they, they, they give notion to something that I personally don't agree with that we should be giving notion to. But we'll yeah. get into that in a minute. So, um, within Charlottesville, obviously, you know, there was an issue with the statue. Things escalated. Um, a young lady lost her life, which is something that every American should be upset about. Yet, you have certain groups who have come out and said that they liked that this woman died. And they agreed with her dying. And, you know, I don't think it was all handled right on either side. But, you know, we should be... We should be able to talk about this woman with the fact that she was standing up for what she believed in, which is very admirable and honorable, and she lost her life for it mm-hmm. at, at the end of it, which is a tragedy for all Americans it because yeah. of our freedom of speech. Um, freedom of speech also, I mean, you teeter kind of on a line when you get into these sort of issues. So you have one side of this argument who felt very passionately that we shouldn't be continuing to promote or celebrate, or, or, you know, idolize the Confederacy, people that, you know, were a part of the Confederacy, and ultimately people that wanted to continue the institution of slavery within our country back in the 19th century. Mm. But then you also have people, too, on the other side of things, who see it as a preservation of our history, something that, you know, we, they take Southern pride in, uh, which, I mean, I'm sure you've, I mean, you're originally from Memphis, so, I mean, you you grew yeah. up in the South, too, in a much larger city than I did, but, yeah. I mean, seeing, like, rebel flags on the back of people's trucks when they would pull up to school was something that was not, like, it, it was not uncommon for me, 
or to see, you know, rebel flags, you know, like stickers or stuff like that. Well, it's crazy because um, that's just how we grew up. Yeah. You know? And I think it's so... I, I mean, know. this is the 19th century. Why are we still talking about it? For me, uh, the, the, we'll, we'll get into that. But you have people on that side who see it as, you know, a celebration of our heritage and a celebration of, you know, where we came from and a celebration of, you know, the state's rights and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which we're going to kind of dive into as well. Some of the issues when we start talking about the civil civil war, because there's still a lot of, you know, up in the air sort of things with that. But well, I think that's a good point, too, is that it's like that balance between is it history or is it hate. Yes, which is kind of the argument and and that's kind of where I feel like we are on the issue and we're finally, as a nation, starting to talk about it. So, what do you think about these anti-fascists who were basically, you know, trying to protect the fact that they agreed with the removal of this monument versus, you know, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, the KKK, all these other groups that are, we should not classify them as anything other than hate groups just because they, they seek to do harm and they seek to denounce people that aren't like them, which is a hate group. There's no other way to kind of classify it. Um, but do you view these anti-fascists who are also on the other side of the argument as a hate group? What, like, what's your opinion on that? I mean, these are both groups that have showed somewhat violent tendencies um, I mean, one obviously feels as if they are defending—I I mean, I, I would argue, too, that they both feel as if they're defending their their lives and they're defending their beliefs, uh, but it's kind of turned into a violent thing. But would you classify both of these types, both people on each side of the argument, as hate groups, which, frankly, our president did? Well, I, well, for me, I think when I say I'm situational, this is kind of a prime example, and— I don't know. I okay. Yeah, no. I I think that they didn't really have a choice. I think that the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't think they had a choice. I think they just kind of were it, almost they were sticking up for themselves. It was like they were being bullied. Yeah. I don't know. And I think But do you think so you're saying you feel as if the anti-fascists were being bullied by these hate groups? Yeah. I mean, what what else were they supposed to do? Just sit there and not do anything about it. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, within any kind of protest, there's obviously going to be a counter-protest. I mean, a prime example, I think, of this, too, was, I mean, we see things like the Westboro Baptist Church, which is a Christian church. I mean, while as radical as they are, anytime they picket any type of, you know, I mean, they even picketed on Alabama's campus. I remember being there for that. They mm-hmm. were picketing basically there because they saw the tornado and that, that tragedy in Tuscaloosa as something that God did to punish the university and particularly Tuscaloosa in general because of the fact that they had LGBT students like me on campus and they promoted providing an environment, you know, for that. Obviously, there were a lot of us that came out in support against them. There's a, I mean, I would argue that the vast majority of Americans are against the Westboro Baptist Church just because their argument is completely insane and it's frankly not American. But there's obviously going to be opposition to, you know, any kind of protest. It doesn't matter, like, what you're protesting for. I think it's natural for there to be people like, that are obviously going to come out and argue against you, which, I, I mean, is that, like, the kind of point you're making? Well, yeah, and I think that's part of being American, is that everybody's... We have the right to assemble. And, we'll, and we have the right First to... First Amendment right. rights. Exactly, and we have the right to our opinion, and we have the right to voice that opinion, and I, that's why we live in a democracy that we do. But we have to be able to voice it in a respectful way. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say, is that I don't think the way that this whole entire situation went down, it wouldn't have been this way if people respected 
other people's opinions. And and yeah, I would I would agree. You know, would agree. but at the be... same time, I don't think in any way, shape, or form we should offer respect to people who chant very anti-Semitic things, very racist things. When you talk about a racial cleansing of America, there's an, I, I, I'm not going to give you any type and of you, respect. And you kind of teeter that line where it's it, like, okay, are you voicing your opinion? opinion or are you just being hateful? Or are you being hateful? Exactly. And I think in this case, it was hateful. And they could have gone about it in a very different way. And they didn't. And that's what's so upsetting. And I think, you know, the way the president addressed it was also very upsetting. It was... Well, like, I mean, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, in a minute. Oh, but, okay, I mean, I'm that's getting a, too excited. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it, I'm very excited to talk with you about that. I mean, we... Anytime anything kind of develops within the White House or anytime any, there's any kind of development... Yeah. I'm like your political friend, I feel like. Right, yeah. He, <laughs> updates, so, he updates me on everything. <laughs> you get CNN updates, though. I do, I do. Me. I actually just downloaded CNN updates. And I honestly, I, I'm so... when I say They're so different, though. So do you have the Fox updates, That's too? what I was about to say, is that because I Because when like, you look at the two, sometimes I'll get, like, CNN... Like, I got a CNN update about yeah. Steve Bannon leaving the White House, but... You know, it wasn't until later on that I got kind of a differently worded, you know, update from Fox News on my Twitter. I don't get the Fox News. Like, I don't have I, feel I don't like have I need to download it. Well, I, frankly, I mean, I just think Fox News is a piece of trash. But, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But I love that you've, I've kind of rubbed off on you in that regard. Yeah. and okay, I mean, so, I encourage you, I feel like, all the time to kind of, like, right. like learn, yeah. be involved. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, that's, the, that's the best part about it, though, is that, like... I have never been such a, you know, I've never, I mean, I've always had my opinion. It's all, I, but you know, one thing that I've always told you, and, and I mean, even things that I tell my family is that it's so important as members of our society and as citizens of this country, we have to be educated yeah. when it comes to what's going on in our political arena, especially in light of recent events. We have no other choice but to know what's going on and to form our own opinions about it. I just think it's a, an integral part of being a member of this democracy. I mean, well, you know, it's just, it's important. So that, I love that about you. I'm gonna well, I think it's so important to know both sides, you know, I, and I think. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I took this class, audience, I took this class called Mass Media Ethics, and I oh, had I to love, do this. I yeah. love hearing what you talked about. In the yeah, I had to do this research paper um, for graduate school, and I had to do this paper. And I ethics, just, right? Ethics? Yeah, it was okay. an ethics See, I took class. Mass Media Law in college. So and, I didn't ethics, you know, we but. got this long list of topics to do, and I ended up picking the Pulse shooting because, I mean, honestly, that's very dear to my heart, you know, just because I'm part of that community. And okay. I was so interested to Absolutely. see how Fox News, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, like all these mass media How all of these mainstream outlets, covered it. Yeah, Absolutely. covered it. And I thought it was so interesting how, you know, at least for me, mass media just networks talk about things that they want to talk about and it's crazy. They appeal to their audiences and that's about as far as it goes, which for me, I mean like people kind of hear this, me talk about this on episode one. You haven't even heard episode one yet at this point. Um, that's true. Yeah. But the bias that is shown within our mainstream media is part of the inspiration behind this podcast. We do not have people that are willing to sit down and talk about an issue that they can't spin in their way to make it part of their narrative, which is, I think, part of In the, an objective fashion. Yes, absolutely. The, the, the objectivity within our media has completely gone to shit, if I can, I mean... Yeah, can, by the way, you can cuss on here. I don't care. But, I mean, no, F, no F-bombs. <laughs> okay, no F-bombs. Um, but, I mean, you know me. I mean, I'm just very frank and I'm very matter-of-fact. Yeah, yeah. uh, this is some, even, like, my family knows. 
Um, I'm not afraid to, you know, say something that, when it needs to be said, so. Well, you live in a place where you're allowed to. I know, so. Love Nashville. Love <laughs> Nash Vegas, so. I I'm so happy you decided to, like, surprise me this weekend I yesterday. Know, I know, Literally blew my mind when you. I'm here. I know, it was, it literally, I'm so, I can't even talk about it. I'm literally beaming right now. We're getting so. off track. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> off track. Okay, so. Um, so, I mean, we're kind of on the same page when we look at it as if. I don't view anti-fascist as a hate crime, and I think saying that they're, or, or as a hate group, not a hate crime, or even the fact that they're committing hate crimes, I think that it is a very, it's something that's justifiable because of the fact that these other groups are so violent and they are, and their rhetoric is so strong. I mean, I've watched clips of these, you know, white supremacist groups where they're talking about how, you know, if the police aren't helping get their men out of basically harm. They're going to go in and they're going to shoot up all these people. They're like, I have 200 men with guns and we're going to shoot their asses up. I'm sorry. That's wrong. There, it, like, it, it is completely justifiable for people to want to stand up for what they believe in. While at the same time, I disagree with the escalation that took place. But I don't think we can classify both of them as hate groups. I think if we are saying, oh, they're committing like you know, these, these crimes and stuff, well, then we have to go back and look at the civil rights movement. Americans also said that black people that were violating segregation laws and Jim Crow laws were, you know, thugs and, and, and awful people. They were just standing up for what was right. And I think it's important for us as Americans to stand on the right side of history. And that's completely denouncing any kind of hate, hate group in this country and, and making sure that people know this is not acceptable. If you want to call me an anti-fascist, call me an anti-fascist. I just don't think fascism has any place in society at all. And, I mean, I think you would probably agree there. Well, and I also think that generalizing a certain culture is wrong in and of itself. Which I feel like a lot of white people at this point feel as if we're all being classified as, you know, white supremacists, racists, neo-Nazis, and the vast majority of us aren't. However, if we're going to classify all Muslims... And, and we're going to generalize them as Islamic terrorists that are radicalized. You can't be like, oh, wait, you can't do this to me because I'm white. Because that obviously shows your obvious supremacy. Exactly. And I, and I think there's at least, I, I mean, I can't give a percentage, but like I would, I would argue that 75% of the people that see somebody with a head wrap on or covering their entire body automatically think, something about them is Oh, I would not I would right. absolutely agree. And, I would and that generalizes agree. a culture in a way that shouldn't it, it shouldn't I mean there's family members of mine that literally I've been on an airplane with and they've been like you know uncomfortable because there's someone that has a hijab on or there's you know someone who looks quote unquote like you know middle eastern like Exactly. It, it's just wrong to generalize. And so I don't think that we, the, I, I think it's important to note though, that we cannot generalize against white people either. And when I was talking to my family about this whole entire situation, I, that was my biggest argument was that I feel like we generalize the black community generalization of a certain culture, whether it's black people, whether it's white people, whether it's. You know, Muslims, Middle Eastern people, Middle Eastern Asian people. people. It doesn't, it does it doesn't not even matter. We, we make the generalizations and we make assumptions about the religions that they practice and the things that they do based off of physical characteristics when we don't look at the content of the character. However, when we look at the content of the character of these people who think that there should be a racial cleansing of America, their character is completely shot to hell. They, their character is completely null and void. They have no character. 
I, I, I don't care what they say or what they do or what church they belong to or what, you know, how amount of money they give to these, you know, to, to charity. It doesn't matter. If you look at other people and put yourself above them and don't realize that we are all created in the image of God and the, you know, created equal. I mean, that is something that Thomas Jefferson wrote in our Declaration of Independence while he owned slaves. And while, you know, while he wrote that, this is an argument, too, that we, you know, we're going to have to talk about in regards to Donald Trump's um, remarks. But it's something that he even, you know, he acknowledged the fact that we as men and women are all created equal. And we are given these unalienable rights. And, and that's something that's pretty much etched into the foundation of what it means to be an American. So I'm sorry, but these groups are un-American. And, and, and for me, we'll get into it, but I classify them as a terroristic group. But we're on the same page in, in terms of I don't view the anti-fascists as a hate group, but I don't agree with their escalation of things, just as I agree with like Black Lives Matter. Exactly. I don't agree with blocking the highway, and I don't agree with breaking things and vandalism and looting. I don't agree with that. That's that at the core defeats the entire purpose of their movement. Am I allowed to say I don't agree with black lives matter? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't agree with it. I don't think that I think they generalize themselves and I think all lives matter. I don't think it should be black lives matter. I think that if they're black people standing up for themselves, white people standing up for themselves, whoever it is, I think they should stand up for themselves saying that all lives matter because that's, that's what I, it needs yeah, to be in America. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, and I, that, that doesn't make me a racist in any way, no, shape, or form. I mean, absolutely it just not. makes me not. thinking that my life matters just as yours and just as. But that's the, that's these a, this, sitting outside the, of the same pool, thing that you know? that you know I've been saying is that like we as Americans have to understand that we are all created equal, no matter what race you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter what religion you practice, no matter what your sexuality is, no matter any of that doesn't matter because we're all equal because we all belong to one race and that's the human race. And I think that's important to know. Exactly. So, but okay. So moving forward. I mean, that movement, I agree with the principle of it. Yes. You know, I think that. Which is something that, you know, I agree with too. It's just, I don't think it's been handled in some cities and in some situations. Exactly. Very well. And that's kind of where I kind of teeth that line. But I don't, I don't consider them a hate group because they're not, they're promoting, they're not promoting hate. It's just certain members escalated and make it look like and i mean i will say this some of those people that you know vandalize and that loot and that block streets and and especially like highways and interstates those are people who are i i think are obstructing justice and they're obstructed they're they're obstructing the public and i think in those cases those people have committed a crime because what if you know there's a pregnant lady on the middle of an interstate and she's trying to get to a hospital but you know the black lives matter movement has decided to block it that that you're 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 messing with other people's lives and i don't agree with that but it, it, let's get off Black Lives Matter. Just, I mean, they're they're an integral part of this entire, in, in, they're an integral part of this entire argument. But let's talk about. So we've kind of talked about, you know, the classification of both of these groups. We're on the same page there. But is it okay for us to continue to preserve history and to make sure that we're promoting the fact that yes, the Confederacy, yes, racism, yes, the Civil Rights Movement, all of these things are an integral part of American history. Is it okay for us to continue to preserve the fact that we can't erase this history, so it's important for us to not take these monuments down because they're a part of history? I mean, what is your your thoughts there that these monuments stand erected as is something that's a, a part of our history and we should, you know, be open to the fact that while it's a dark part of our history, it, it happened and we can't erase it? I mean, what are your thoughts there? 
I my initial reaction would be it is a part of history, and I think that it should be preserved. But the 2017 in me says. And we're both millennials, and exactly. so, I mean, we, we see things differently than, like, even our parents do. Or, or, exactly, I mean, even, like, exactly. But, I mean, probably we people, kids and, that are growing up, that we see things a lot differently just because of the the, the kind of culture that we were raised in. So, mm-hmm. but continue your thoughts there. I just felt like that was important to know. Yeah, we do. And, I mean, like, uh, like we started saying at the beginning, we were both kind of raised in the South, and we were just raised with that mindset. But being in this... 21st century, just millennial generation of us, I think that it kind of, it's like I said, it's just kind of, you're teetering that line. It's like, do you, is it okay? It's a very controversial, it is controversial. And it's so hard for me to kind of pick a side because it's like, you know, I agree with I can see both sides. I can see both sides. I mean, I I loved history growing up. I mean, you probably don't even know this. Abraham Lincoln was my favorite president. But like, if I was to I put, used to know everything about the guy. If I was to put myself in somebody that disagreed with its shoes, I could see where they're coming from. Because they find it disrespectful, but uh, at but the same, same time, time... I see the argument, but it's a very weak argument in my opinion. Yeah. I see the argument and I can understand it. And I think it's important to note that, like, I can empathize, you know, to a certain extent with the argument that, it, yes, this is a part of our history as Americans. And it's something but... At the same time, African Americans literally had their entire history stripped from them the second we took them from their homeland and brought them here and enslaved them. They have no history. Most black Americans probably do not know their country of origin from their heritage. It's going to be virtually impossible at this point probably for them to kind of figure that out. Just because well, and I we, think that's what the biggest problem is too is that they're trying to embrace their culture here, here in America, in America as, and as post-civil rights citizens who have gained the right to vote, who are, you know, not, we're not, they're, we're not segregated anymore. I mean, we are to, an, to a degree, I mean, when we look at, you know, low-income schools and stuff, but I think it's, it's important to realize that, you know, the people who descend from the slaves are also a part of America's history. And those are people who are just as American as we were, yeah. as we mm-hmm. are. So... This is something that I read that, you know, a friend of mine sent me, um, Stephen Boydston, awesome friend of mine. Um, he, I told him I was going to give him a shout out on this. So it's something where like, I saw he shared something in it on Facebook and it said, yes, this is a part of history that belongs in a museum. It doesn't belong on a pedestal to be promoted and idolized. I didn't think about it like that. And that, I mean, it blew my mind. I was like, that is, it's it's a fascinating, you know, it's a fascinating kind of outlook on the situation because as for me, I love history. Sometimes I watch the history channel. I'm a weirdo. I'm a nerd. Sometimes I like geek out over like reading about politics. I, I love it. I think it's so important. History was always one of my favorite, you know, subjects in school. I did really well in it. Um, other than like when I took AP history in 11th grade, I did not do very well. Oh, I love that class though. Well, see, we have like a college textbook and I like was not ready for that, but I was trying to still be like an honor student <laughs> at my school. And I just, I, I did, I did well in the class, but it was a very difficult. Shout class out Dr. Leung. Thanks for the four on the A push um, exam. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do well oh my gosh. on the AP history exam at all, but it was still a class that, like, I still feel like I go back to on different things, especially because our history ties into today's politics, which we are seeing, especially within this particular issue and this instance, more so than I think we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. This is this is an issue where history plays such an integral part and an important, you know, it's an important factor 
in a lot of people's decisions on where they stand on this on this issue. But for me, like I said, I agree with you know something that you know Steve I was brought to my attention through Stephen. This is something that this was a time of history that is very important for us to talk about, but we only talk about it from white people's standpoint. We don't talk about it from a slave standpoint. We don't talk about what it meant to be, you know, a slave in the 19th century. It's something that's not really written, I I feel like, not really written into our textbooks. We have whitewashed the Civil War and just it being something that is, you know, between the North and the South, and we don't acknowledge the fact that there were other people of a different race that were taken away from their homeland and brought into this country, and they were an integral part of that part of history. And we can't ignore that, I don't think. To give notion that Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis or any, you know, Stonewall Jackson, any of these Confederate generals, to give them any type of recognition in this, frankly, defeats the entire the entire platform that our president speaks out on when it comes to participation trophies. They were the losers of the Civil War. So they don't deserve a, a monument just because they were a part of history. Sorry, you lost. So, it, you know, if we're following what the president says, you don't get a trophy. You don't get a monument. You don't deserve to go down in history as the person who literally rebelled against your country and rebelled against your federal government. If we're talking about it in terms of Donald Trump, I mean, he's uh, something, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you competed a lot in like swimming and, and yeah, you cheered and yeah. stuff. So it was a little bit different than like I danced. So, I mean, like I got like, even if I didn't place I got, like, special judges awards for, like, sassy facials or, like... Oh, that you know, participation medal. Yeah, you yeah. know, the participation medal that I, you probably got as a child that Thanks you were so proud of. 12th place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think my... Did you know I played Little League in the third grade? Really? Yeah. Oh. Wait, <laughs> I like, played Little League. Little Isn't League, that like hilarious? T-ball? No, what? like, Little League, like, baseball. Like, there was a pitcher that would pitch the ball that, like... That's usually what happens. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying it wasn't like a T-ball. It wasn't like a coach pitch. Like, it was, yeah. like, actual, like, Little League. Like, like like a Babe Ruth type thing. I played, well, I played for, like, one year. And I did coach pitch, and I just quit after that. Well, see, my dad was, like, a huge baseball player. And my, one time I played soccer, and I was the goalie, and this guy came after me, and I was like, ooh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my dad saying that, like, I played in the outfield in Little League, and my dad would be like, Patrick, you were, like, more interested in, like, the butterflies that were, like, flying around and picking the grass and sitting down on your ass than you were, like, the actual game. I just hated it. I was, I mean... ADHD probs. <laughs> probably, yes. Um, but I, I... That, when I played Little League, my, like, Little League team actually was, like, in the championship for, like, our league in Bruton. I mean, there were probably, like, six teams. So it really wasn't that big of a deal, but, like... Winner, winner, chicken dinner. But regardless, <laughs> I didn't win, but I still have... I literally still have a trophy somewhere, like, in my childhood bedroom in a box somewhere of where I didn't win, but I got a participation trophy. Like, mm-hmm. and I was so damn proud of that. And so, uh, but if we're using the argument that a lot of people are now using because of Donald Trump and since he's our president... The people that lost the Civil War don't deserve this participation whatever thing. Sorry. I mean, if we're applying that logic to it, we have to acknowledge the fact that that's something that, like, even our president disagrees with. Um, Let's talk about, since we're already on the topic of that before we start talking about our childhoods anymore, let's talk about our president's remarks, but also a few other remarks that people within 
our political realm have set. So, the very first time Donald Trump started to speak about the Charlottesville incident, um, he made the comment, basically, that there was, you know, awful bigotry and hatred and egregious behavior, quote-unquote, on many sides, on many sides. That was my Trump voice. Was that good? Hashtag fake news. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, it was something that he wanted to make known that while he was denouncing hate, he also didn't like the anti-fascist, a.k.a. the counter-protesters to the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, and people in the KKK and any other kind of these groups that were there um, promoting the, you know, their, their message. So, that was the first time he spoke on it and he made that comment. And frankly, he pissed a lot of people off. Of course he did. He always does. <laughs> I mean, the, it, this is not new. Um, it's probably worth mentioning, too, that while Justin and I differ on a lot of different issues, he and I ultimately voted for the same person. And he did. Which... <laughs> which audience, he, for the longest time, thought that I voted for Donald Trump because I wouldn't tell him. and I You wouldn't just, tell me, and I was getting so upset about it. I thought it was, was funny, though. And so I kind of went with it for a long time, and then one time we were going out or something like that, and I ended up saying... I was and, drunk. I'll be honest, listeners. I was drunk in yeah. Subway, and I had already cried. Because you know I get emotional sometimes. I mean... I had a few it. adult beverages, and I... I was insane. enjoying the privilege of having an adult beverage <laughs> right. in Hockey Tonk Central. By the way, <laughs> we're 21 and older, so... so. But anyways, no, I, I just was joking with him, and I had been for, oh my gosh, a long time. Like, and I finally four or five months something. at that point, and you finally... Because well, I was already mad at you. I, like, for some reason... Sometimes when I get a little too much, like, wine or a little too much vodka in me, I cry. It's just, I'm one of those people. <laughs> it's really cute, though. No, it's really not cute. Sometimes. Sometimes it's Depends on the occasion. Yeah. Last <laughs> night, it was not cute. <laughs> um, but we were sitting in Subway, and you go, Patrick, if it makes you feel any better, I voted for Hillary. And I was like, 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 just literally started squalling all over again. And I was like, why wouldn't you tell me? And you were like, oh, my God. Like, it's my right to tell people you shouldn't like, I know you're very vocal about it, but not all Americans are. And I was like, Oh my God, whatever. Okay. But anyways, um, so we obviously, both of us don't particularly agree with everything that our president does. Oh, there's no particularly, I don't agree at all. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, there's been the instances that he's done some good things that I agree with. I mean, to an extent, but anyways, when he opens his mouth is when I have an issue with him. I just wish he would shut the hell up and just do his job and just don't talk and don't tweet. Just, and yeah. then America would, like, his approval ratings would probably, like, They really would. It. Delete your social media. Delete his social media. Donald Trump, if you are listening, delete your social media. Shut your fat pie hole. Let your wife do the talking because she sounds much more educated than you. And then your approval ratings are going to skyrocket. But I'm sure you, you know, out of everyone, you have the best approval ratings and you're doing the most amount of work. So... If you're listening, Donald Trump, that's that's what I think about you. But let's talk about... So, obviously, you and I both disagreed with what he had to say the first time. Then he naturally... <laughs> the one time we, dis- we agreed the, on disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one time. Yeah. One of the only times, actually. Right. Um, but, so, he comes back and he decides to, once again, because, obviously, America was not satisfied with that statement. I don't think... There were many people who were satisfied, which, I mean, I particularly know of one, which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, a certain blonde bimbo that you and I don't particularly like, but he comes back and he basically gives the same statement without saying 
on many sides. He basically says the same sort of thing, that he denounces it, and he doesn't agree with it, and there's no place for it because this is America, and this is the land of the free, the home of the brave, and we don't have any room for that. Well, I think that's so funny that he said that, but yet... He's been endorsed by the KKK. Oh, or just, you know... And never was like, hey, I don't want your support, and they are literally... In an episode that I watched, David Duke, who is a former Grand Wizard, so basically one of the leaders of the entire Ku Klux Klan, was being like, Donald Trump wants to make America great again. We're just going with what he says. And there, he tapped into this market during his campaign of these people and empowered them with a voice to, to spew hatred and bigotry. And, and I'm sorry, there is no way around that. Not every single person that supported Donald Trump is a deplorable person. And that is one thing that I will stand by. Both of my parents supported him and voted for him and are wonderful people. Your parents supported him and voted for him, and they are wonderful people. Mm -hmm. I didn't agree with Hillary Clinton's statement that every Trump supporter is a deplorable person. However, he tapped into this market and and, and into this audience of people that before this, while we had an African-American president and a black president, they didn't have... Oh, my God, I miss him so much. I can't talk about it. I'll I'll start crying about it. I mean, a lot of people... I mean, there were a lot of decisions I didn't like about his, but that's that's irrelevant. He'd be a really cool dad. I literally think Malia and Sasha have the coolest dad ever. They really do. They really and like, do. Michelle's hot. She's Michelle, hot as shit. Michelle, you rock. That like she's got a banging body for a mom of two, and a, like to to do what all that they've done. Anyways, but I could she go rocks on that Shivanti dress. <laughs> she definitely rocks her Shivanti dress. Um, and they live in a beautiful house now. But that's just because you know. Also, I love HGTV and real estate. <laughs> We're getting off center. We're getting off center. Um. He tapped into this market of people that prior to his, you know, inauguration and his election and and in his running and and candidacy did not really have anyone giving them a voice that was, uh, these people to me don't, they shouldn't have a voice because their voice is completely contrary to everything that our country was built upon, which is the, the very, you know, beginning of our Declaration of Independence, we the people of the United States. That includes every single person. It doesn't include people just like us, which was the basis of this podcast. Not everyone is like me. Not everyone is like you. You and I are very similar, and we're best friends, and you're like my other half, but you and I are also very different. And it's so important that we realize that and, and that we denounce the fact that these people should not have a voice. They, they are people th- – this is contrary to what it means to be an American. To say the things that they're saying and to do the things that they're doing – is completely against everything and every ideology of uh, and fundamental part in, of being a citizen of this country. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think that's the greatest thing about our friendship, too, is that, like, just between two people that live in America, we're able to have differences but still be best friends. You know? And, like... That I mean, should, you know Victoria. She's, like, my best friend. And that should be the case between... <laughs> she's literally the most red person that I know, the biggest Republican that I know. But at the same time... She's respectful of the differences that we have, which is why she and I never, well, I also think we that never argue over stuff. Uh, this is one issue that Vic and I both were like, hell no, this is completely, you know, effed up. This is wrong. Um, but in terms of other people, though, that have talked about this issue, well, let's... I, I just want to go on record and say that Donald Trump represents, as president... Every, Every American. Single person that Every single here. person here. 300 million plus people, and he does not do that accurately. And I wish, I wish Thank I could like, I wish I could like Thank him. Thank you. 
Because I think he would be an amazing president if he could do that. If he, he, I mean, I think making strategic decisions that are best for our country in terms of things, you know, like jobs and our economy and stuff, I think there he has the potential to be great. But when it comes to acknowledging the fact that he, I'm sorry, he does not represent me as a millennial gay man that is suffering through paying student loans that I can't afford when I can barely afford my monthly bills. He does not represent me and or make decisions that help me out or, or any, basically anyone in my shoes. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's a, an issue that I particularly have with Donald Trump. And if you're listening, once again, Donald, you represent me. I didn't vote for you, but you were elected by our nation. So you have to listen to me as a constituent and as someone who is a citizen of this country. You have no choice whether you like it or not. I'm not the mainstream media who you can cut off and tell, you know, oh, you're fake news. No, sweetheart, you got to listen to me whether you like it or not, whether you think my voice is annoying, whether you think I'm, you know, too much of a flaming homosexual. If you don't like what's going on, doesn't matter, kiddo. You got to listen to me. And that goes for any other person, well, even involves- if they're completely to the right and they don't like gay people and they don't stand for helping our veterans. It doesn't matter. You got to listen to him, Donald, because you don't have a choice at this point. Well, and it's funny because he calls CNN fake news, yet that's the news that doesn't agree with what he has to say. Uh, anything, anything that that he doesn't agree with, exactly. anything that says that speaks out against him is quote-unquote fake news, but if we're was, getting on like a Trump well, bashing if session. Were, if and he was a president that represented his people. I ne- You never would have seen Barack Obama talk that way to anyone. I don't care what you have to say. Even at a, a rally for Hillary Clinton where he spoke at, and there was someone there that showed up in his military uniform and was holding up a Trump sign, Barack Obama literally was like, no, let him speak. He gets a voice too. He gets to talk too. He's just as American as the rest of us, which I think is important to note that even our president, uh, our current president does not do that. But we're getting off topic once again. Let's talk about some of these other people that have talked about Charlottesville. One particular thing that comes to my mind, just because I'm so big on Twitter, you know, I like live on Twitter because... I watch Bachelor, Bachelorette, and I, you know, I'm constantly on it, like, looking at tweets and stuff, and I, I, we cannot go through this podcast without talking about Tommy Lahren and her views <laughs> on, <Sorry. laughs> her views on this particular issue. Um, I said she, it did once. Did she yell at the camera again? She's sitting in her car this time. You know, she doesn't have a show. She got kicked off the blaze because she said that she was very libertarian socially and she Thank God. Um, she supported, you know... Abortion. You know, Wasn't it yeah, abortion? Yeah, she supported abortion. Um, not that necessarily she agreed with it, but she believes in liberty government. She probably which got pregnant means, with somebody at her network. Oh, God, I don't... Well, let's not, let's not spew... Sorry. Spew false, false information. We're not fake news. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but... You and I both feel very strongly with the fact that we don't agree with her, and I think she is a vicious human being, and I think she's very mean-spirited, and I think if she were standing in front of us right now, she wouldn't have the balls enough to, to say what she says behind a camera to my face. Watching her and Chelsea Handler, she still didn't really have the balls to stand up to Chelsea Handler. Oh, and Chelsea Handler. was so respectful. Chelsea was, re- oh my god, which, I mean, that's, that's, one I was of shocked. Biggest, I was shocked. I was completely shocked. Completely shocked. And I, watching that debate was phenomenal. It was wonderful. And it made me love Chelsea Handler even more. I mean, I've watched her since she's been on, like, Chelsea lately. I mean, even since, like, high school. But, Tommy agrees with what the president said in terms of... 
both of these groups should be considered hate groups. There is a girl that I follow, another girl that I follow on social media who is, you know, one of the executive, you know, um, she's an executive. I don't know exact title. Um, she, her name's Kennedy Copeland and she's involved in Turning Point USA, which is a very conservative movement that yeah. Tommy Lahren is in agreement with. She like works with Turning Point. Turning Point is something that like, I have a friend, uh, Hannah McInnes, who is a wonderful person and. I know that she's done some stuff with Turning Point, too. Um, but, I mean, she, you know her, you know Hannah. She's, like, worked on, you know, Trump's campaign, and then she worked on the inaugural committee, and now she works in the West Wing. She's phenomenal. Love, love her to death. Um, even Kennedy Copeland was like, hello, Donald Trump on Twitter. Why are you not calling them what they are? Which is the fact that these white supremacists and, and these people are domestic terrorists. Love that she said that as a conservative. Love that she stood up for what it means to be an American. Love that as a conservative and a Republican and someone who backs our president, she didn't have an issue looking, basically calling him out in in front of all the thousands of followers that she has. Whereas Tommy Lahren can't do that because if he says it, obviously she takes it as, you know, oh, that's great. Wonderful. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. And I feel like she refuses to disagree with anything that he says, which just frankly pisses me off. Like, it pisses me off. Well, I just feel like she's a puppet. Like, she's literally a puppet. And if we're if we're talking about how she, oh, I didn't want a career politician, yada, 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 because all these people are, poly, you know, they're career politicians and I wanted to drain the swamp. Honey, then we need to drain you out of there, too, because you're nothing but a puppet with Donald Trump's hands shoved up your ass. Yeah. Anything, you, anything he says and does. I have maybe seen her once or twice speak out against, you know, what he said or something, but she automatically is like, oh yeah, anti-fascist are, you know, a terror group in America? No. They're standing up for what it means to be an American in my opinion. I mean, I, I just I just don't agree with the fact that we could we could call them a, a terrorist group, which kind of brings us back you know, full circle to the issue is where we're standing as Americans right now on this issue is a very important place, and it is a very important decision that we all need to think about. Gone are the days that we can look at someone else differently because of their skin color, their religion, their sexuality, or their gender. Those days are gone. This is not the good old American days, per se, I guess, that Donald Trump really wants to bring back. Well, I think that's where a lot of the conflict comes to, just in regards to, honestly, any situation that involves violence and somebody else's opinion is that people, just certain types of people, or certain certain people just are not ready for shedding those barriers, that veil of ignorance that just gets rid of social differentiation. But I would argue, too, that the reason why they're not ready to do it is because it completely disrupts their way of life and it disrupts their narrative and they don't want to admit the fact that they are wrong and they're prideful. Yeah, accurate. Oh, 100%. And I think, you know... Just like the people that fired Tommy Lahren, whether they want to agree with... Whether they want to say it was because of the View interview or not... She was fired because she no longer fit that conservative narrative that they wanted because she said, 
as a person who stands for limited government, stay out of my body, but stay out of my guns and stay out of my religion. Stay out of all of it. And that's a prime example of unobjective media. Well, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Unobjective media? I don't know the correct word. Well, I mean, they're, they, they were not objective at all, but they, they fired her shortly after that, almost immediately after. And so that's something like they were not ready for that to disrupt their narrative. And that is something that's important to note. So... So, I mean, while we have some some differences on this and while, you know, we were both raised in a home where, you know, this sort of, you know, Southern heritage is, you know, important to, you know, the, the kind of culture that we were raised in, um, I think it is phenomenal that you and I have decided to stand up for what it means to be a true American, which is to acknowledge that this is a part of history, yes, but it does not deserve to be celebrated. 100%. In regards to the fact that these were people, the Civil War was fought over many reasons, but the majority of the reason, whether you want to claim it was over states' rights or economic rights, it was because of the institution of slavery and wanting to continue it regardless of, I mean, the economy was run by slave labor, States' rights came down to being an issue because of the fact that our president at the time, Abraham Lincoln, said that states didn't have the right to dictate whether they could continue slavery or not. It was something that our federal government was going to decide, which is important for our federal government in a situation like that to make an executive decision. That's why we have the executive branch. Regardless of anything that you know, we have encountered in, in, in terms of other, you know, areas and stuff, I think it's important to note that this argument of preserving history is important because it was a part of our history, but it does not deserve to be celebrated, idolized, or monumentized. I don't even think that's a word, but... I well, it doesn't, it doesn't deserve that because it... Because it, it, it stemmed from a, a bad place. It encourages hate, and... It celebrates it. It literally celebrates enslavement. It encourages hate, and you should never encourage hate. I don't... And, like, I'm not one of one of these I people that's like, oh, that. burn every single Confederate flag we see, but these monuments that are erected in honor of people who rebelled against our federal government, I mean, it's like celebrating the fact that a child disobeys and disrespects its mother because it doesn't like the fact that its mom told him to eat his vegetables and he doesn't like vegetables. Like... That's the same concept applied in real terms. And do we actually... <laughs> you're literally dying. I was going to say... That's a man of museum. Okay. But yeah, no, like your friend Steven said, you know... It <laughs> <laughs> you were literally cracking up because I started talking about vegetables. You're hilarious. Oh my God. Uh, no, but like Steven said, it, it should be in a museum. It's history and history belongs in a museum. And it I, belongs in a museum and in a textbook, but it has to be equally represented of all the Americans that were yeah. involved in that, which includes slave Americans because they were exactly. a big part of that. Exactly. So it's, a, it's important for a, it's a very complex issue, but <laughs> before you and I both die, um, let's just kind of wrap this up by just saying that once again, this is a very complex issue. I, you and I don't have these conversations a lot just because we really don't, don't talk politics. We really we do. Don't. I mean, I encourage you to, to, you know, I'll tell you what's going on and like, kind of like, like, yo, this happened today or yo, did you see this Tommy Lahren video or yo, did you see what Obama tweeted? But 
Yeah, I actually take that back. In... We talk about it a lot. We do. But we don't talk about it in depth. It's more of just like, oh, yeah, this and that, this and that. But I don't think we, we have should, these, though. like... We should, Absolutely. Um, that, that's, that's the basis of this podcast, once again, is for us to capitalize on these conversations and to realize that, like, while Justin and I are very different economically and even on some social issues, we are able to come together, have a discussion enjoy each other's, you know, conversation, enjoy each other's viewpoints. And I feel like I've learned a lot from you today. Yeah. We learned a lot from each other and that's important. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's important for us as Americans to listen, to understand. And that is something that I want you all to take away from this podcast, whether you agree and or disagree with anything that Justin and I have both said today, start these conversations in your own lives. It's important and never be afraid to Speak into existence what you believe is right. You have that right as an American and that it's so important. I want every American that is listening to this to know that you are loved, you are valued, you are important, you are entitled, you're an American and you're entitled to everything that, that comes from being an American. You're entitled to every right and or privilege and or freedom. Never let anyone take that away from you. If they try, stand up against it because it's ignorance and it's un-American. With that, I love you all. I am praying for all of those affected in Charlottesville, as I know you are too. It's a very, we're seeing it, you know, other, other incidents occur in other places in America. And it's something that I hope we can agree needs to end. And well, it's my party message to your audience. Never, ever encourage hate ever. Never. It's just, it doesn't get anybody anywhere. It will never get anyone anywhere. And I think the best part about being an American is being able to voice what you believe and what you think is right, whether it's agreeing or disagreeing with somebody. I just, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of democracy. And yeah, that's just. So I want to leave you. Oh my God, I know. I'm I'm so excited (laughs) you were here. So, um, this was not really supposed to be what episode two is about, but this is an important topic. We, we, we both kind of decided needed to be discussed. So like I, you know, I leave you every week with a quote, um, off the top of my head, I cannot think for the life of me who said this quote, you'll probably know it as soon as I say it, but hate cannot be driven out by hate. Only love can do that. So this week show love, show empathy, listen to each other, start talking to each other. Um, and, and just remember that we're all Americans no matter where we come from and what background we come from. And we live in a beautiful nation where we are all created equal. So make sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash capital conversation. Um, have a great week, y'all. I am super excited to see what you like about this episode. And I'm going to pass it back over to Justin one more time before we leave. I was you- said, as RuPaul always said, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Absolutely. <laughs> Can I yes. get an amen? <laughs> amen. Have a great week, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in. There will be a new episode next Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Um, make sure you follow me on social media. And uh, great talking to you, Justin. So glad you were here for this. So have a good week, y'all. Bye, guys.